1: Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. There's a reason for that. They do great work, and you can find out more by visiting their website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Modley is the founder and president of Less Government, and my wife Linda, who writes Greetings from Paradise, will be joining us as well. It is December the 7th, and on this day at 7.55 a.m. Hawaii time, a Japanese dive bomber bearing down on the red symbol of the red sun of Japan on its wings appeared out of the clouds about above the island of Oahu. A swarm of 360 Japanese warplanes followed, descending on the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor in a ferocious assault. The surprise attack struck a critical blow against the U.S. Pacific Fleet and drew the United States irrevocably into World War II. With diplomatic negotiations with Japan breaking down, President Franklin Roosevelt and his advisors knew that an imminent Japanese attack was probable, but nothing had been done to increase security at the important naval base at Pearl Harbor. It was Sunday. Uh, Sunday morning, and many military personnel had been given passes to attend religious services off base. At 7.02 a.m., two radar operators spotted large groups of aircraft in flight towards the island from the north, but with a flight of B-17s expected from the United States at the time, they were told to sound no alarm. Thus, Japanese air assault came at a devastating surprise to the naval base. Much of the Pacific fleet was rendered useless. Five of the eight battleships, three destroyers, and seven other ships were sunk or severely damaged and more than 200 aircraft were destroyed. A total of 2,400 Americans were killed and 1,200 were wounded, many while violently attempting to repulse the Japanese attack. Japan's losses were some 30 planes, five midget submarines, and a fewer than 100 men. Fortunately for the United States, all three Pacific Fleet carriers were out to sea on training maneuvers, these giant aircraft carriers would have been, had their revenge against Japanese six months later at the Battle of Midway, reversing the tide against the previously invincible Japanese Navy in a spectacular victory. <clears throat> the day after Pearl Harbor was bombed, President Roosevelt appeared in a joint session of Congress and declared yesterday, December seventh, 1941, a day which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. After a brief and forceful speech, he asked Congress to approve a resolution uh, rec- recognizing the state of war between the United States and Japan. The Senate voted for a war against Japan by 82 to 0, and the House of Representatives approved the resolution by 388 to 1. The sole dissenter was Representative Jeanette Rankin of Montana, a devout pacifist who had cast a dissenting vote against the U.S. entrance into World War I. Three days later, Germany and Italy declared war against the United States and the U.S. government responded in kind. The American contributions to a successful Allied war effort spanned four long years and cost more than 400,000 American lives, only eclipsed by the Civil War where over a half a million lives were lost. Amazing. Japanese attacked on this day. So, uh, Ch- Chef Brian Rowland is in critical condition at a Saturday night, uh, a- after a Saturday night accident at the Ferrari of Naples owner of Crave Culinaire. Uh, he's a great young man. I uh, had a chance to get to know Brian quite well. Great chef. Uh, he's in Bonita Springs. He's in the Bonita Springs-based catering company known for high-end boutique dining. He the business in started the business in 2013 after leaving his role as executive chef at M Waterfront Grill. Uh, He's a frequent community supporter. I know he supported Gulf Shore Playhouse, which I was board chairman. Uh, And he's supportive of many, many uh, organizations throughout the Paradise Coast. He and his wife just had a baby, Uh, just a a beautiful baby. They're so excited about that. I just hope he's okay. Apparently, he was somehow hurt badly. They took him off to the uh, Bonita Springs uh, Hospital, or Fort Myers Hospital, uh, because apparently he was hurt in one of the bays where the uh, uh, the elevators for cars were uh, located, and apparently he was uh, trapped there, crushed, I hope not badly. But nevertheless, he's in critical condition right now. We only hope that he's going to be okay. But again, Brian Rowland, a great spirit, great contributor to the community, great business owner, uh, hope he is uh, going to be okay. Our prayers are with uh, Brian Rowland and his family. Senator and Dr. Rand Paul made the following comments about Dr. Anthony Fauci. Virtually none of the edicts or the promulgations that come from Fauci's mouth are based on science at all. Take the idea that we're going uh, to test the day of travel. The rapid test is accurate about 30 to 50 percent if you don't have symptoms. So most people traveling if they know they're sick are not going to travel. So most of the people who are talking about are traveling without symptoms. The test is 30 to 50 percent accurate. The Omicron variant is already across the United States and across the world. No travel ban is going to stop it and no amount of testing is going to stop it, he said. But think about this. Fauci now says if you know someone's been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask next to him. So you don't see him at, the, at one of these gather, glittering holiday, holiday parties or Hollywood parties the other day, and it's like, oh, I don't know this person. I, I put a mask on. Oh, if I know them well, he doesn't know their vaccine status. How idiotic is that, he said. I don't know about that person, so I'm going to go on and put my mask on, but now I'm going to take it off because I know that person. He doesn't know who's been vaccinated or not, but looking at him, I know him. it's a ridiculous standard, but here's the bottom line. People have been vaccinated or people have gotten the uh, disease naturally do not do have a semblance of protection and should feel comfortable going about their daily lives. He said, let's not live in fear, said Senator Rand Paul, because Dr. Fauci is promulgating things that are unscientific just to scare you. He said, if you've been vaccinated or if you've had the disease, live your life and ignore this man. And let's hope he can get be gone as soon as possible. I couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Dr. Fauci should, has to go. Of course, I don't think Joe Biden is going to get rid of him anytime soon. A giant uh, Florida hospital system has ended its vaccine mandate. Uh, according to Alex Berenson, Advent Hospital will no longer require its 83,000 employees to be vaccinated against COVID. Given the fact that mandates are causing crippling staff shortages around the country, expect other hospitals and healthcare providers to follow on soon. Amazing that rules that are likely never even to uh, take a a formal effect have caused such a crisis. Just another gift from Uncle Joe this holiday season. Uncle Joe, of course, being Gojo Brandon. What a shame that uh, there's been so much turmoil and upsetting everything that's going on in the United States because of quote-unquote mask and vaccine mandates making no sense whatsoever. I think... uh, uh, Rand Paul's admonition to us is a wise one. Just go about your life. Governments around the world are warning that citizens that COVID-19 vaccines present harsh heart risks in some populations, but if Twitter users are trying to look up similar research, they may receive a warning that the information is quote-unquote unsafe. Japan's Ministry of Health, Labor, and Welfare raised the alert uh, for se- several side reactions to the Pfizer-Moderna two-shot mRNA vaccines on December the 3rd, uh, serious symptoms of myocarditis and uh, pericarditis, are being reported among the vaccinated more frequently in young men than usual, the WIRE report said, but the ministry still generally recommends vaccination because the benefits outweigh the si- uh, side effects. Conservative websites American Thinker flagged the news the heart problem figures are much higher for Moderna than Pfizer, Japan broadcasters uh, reported. The Japanese minister said as of November the 14th, for every million males who took the Moderna vaccine, 81.79 ages 10 to 19 and 48.76 in their 20s developed such symptoms. For Pfizer, these figures are 15.66 and 13.32. That's pretty high. The minister is requiring hospitals to report in detail incidents involving people who develop the symptoms within 28 days after being vaccinated here's the deal and here's the problem why aren't we trying to cover up the real facts why aren't we working together in order to maintain public health uh, of course this is the uh, a private enterprise uh, for example twitter trying to uh, keep an uh, or to make judgment about the information that's being presented but it's important information we all need to make informed decisions about uh, our own health And more and more, I don't know about you, but I'm losing confidence in public health as well as even the hospital systems that are putting protocols in place that can be very, very harmful to our health uh, if, in fact, we have COVID, COVID pneumonia, for example. And a top World Health Organization official said there's no evidence to suggest that the CPP virus or CCP virus booster doses would offer greater protection to healthy people. Of course, uh, Joe Biden is saying we all need to get the booster shot. Well, Dr. Mike Ryan, the WHO's emergency director, questioned the logic of some countries trying to produce more booster doses to vaccinate anyone age 18 and older. Right now, he says, there are no evidence that I'm aware of that would suggest that boosting the entire population is going to necessarily provide any greater protection for otherwise healthy individuals against hospitalization and death, Ryan said. The real risk of severe disease... Uh, hospitalization and death lies in particularly in at risk and vulnerable individuals, he said, who do, not, who do require protection against all variants of COVID-19, he said. So in other words, the story hasn't changed. We need to make sure that our elderly and the people who are most vulnerable to illness, they're protected. Everybody else should go about their business and take care of their lives. So simple and yet we're making it so difficult for our economy as well as individuals in the economy. I can't even imagine what's happening to the people in Austria, in Australia. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, that and more, right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting
1: Network. Lulabee's.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool, rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected into the community and with each other. The Golden Gate Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Tatiana Fortune, Director of the Golden Gate Senior Center. We want to be able to connect
2: you
1: That's callyourseniorresources.org or call the Senior Center directly at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome
0: back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more and download the app by visiting choicesocial.us, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Good morning.
1: Good morning. Hey, I can't help but uh, we've just uh, played the commercial for the uh, Golden Gate <laughs> Community Center, and uh, again, making sure. that connection with you and your family and the great things you've done to make that happen. You know, holidays can be a lonely time for a lot of people. This is a great resource in the community, isn't
3: it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and it, it's even worse these days because so many of our older our seniors uh, were by themselves during covid and there's a lot of depression out there and i think being able to get together with with friends meet new friends uh spend time with others uh not stuck in their apartment it will make a a big difference in their lives and you know and i do want to you know give a shout out to the governor for keeping our state open because other states are starting to lock down again and 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 the challenges that will be faced by Seniors, particularly, are going to be heightened this holiday
1: season. No, it's so true. We're already seeing this knee-jerk reaction by elected officials to close down cities, close down states, uh, new uh, lockdowns, all kinds of things. So grateful the governor takes the position that he takes is let Floridians live their lives and uh, just take uh, good precautions against getting sick.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's funny too. I, I was thinking about this the other day. We cannot live the rest of our lives uh, in in this kind of siege mentality, mm. and and um, you know where they're back to wearing masks and everywhere wear masks. Um, when it, it, the reality is, it's going to be just it's going to live with us forever. So are we going to wear masks forever. Yeah. Are we going to be? You know, I think if we if we are prudent, and and I I do believe we should be taking the vaccines unless you have. You know, an issue with a health issue or religious exemption, you know, we've got to start living our lives. And yeah. um, I, you know, I understand people who uh, are concerned and, and want everybody to wear masks and social distance or whatever, but is that going to be the, the future of our country? Well, you, well, you know, it's uh, really
1: troubling. The uh, governor of Oregon apparently has uh, uh, proposed having uh, masks indoors permanently irrespective of what's happening with the uh, public health <laughs> can you imagine that
3: it's just um you know that that's frightening it really is frightening you know it's not not just liberty freedom whatever it's just the thought of being confined like that for forever
1: mhm yeah, it's it makes no sense. What's s- next? What's next indeed. Uh, well, again, just so grateful for the guidance and leadership of our legislature and our governor and, and the decisions that have been made so far. I wonder, what are your thoughts? Uh, the governor's decided he'd like to start a state guard as opposed to a national guard. We've had them in the past. There's been state guards through it. I think, in fact, there are state guards in several states across the nation. We have none here. Any thoughts on that?
3: Well, I you know I'm not um, I I haven't read um, any of the governor's proposals yet. Uh, we'll see. It might be interesting because his budget's coming out uh, either this week or next week. His proposed budget to see what he includes. Um, I think we've had civil patrol and 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 other types of um, uh, of uh, uh, I guess uh, special uh, protective services. I, I'm not sure what, where he's going with it, and what the funding is going to be like. I mean, that would be setting up a whole new uh, system that would have to be that would have to take legislative action. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting to see what he has in mind. Um, uh, hopefully, we won't have to co- go that far
1: but I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, of course, I don't have any, I certainly have actually less information that you have, but what I've fabricated in my own mind is that it's simply kind of <laughs> a taking a precaution against, you know, the governor right or the president right now who's uh, requiring vaccine mandates and all kinds of things. We're going to see an attrition in our, uh, in our defense and uh, and, uh a number of areas, first responders. So I think he might be thinking, you know what, I'm just going to make sure that we have our own system in place so in case something like that happens.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, uh, much of it in in my mind would have to do with immigration issues with um, Mm -hmm. unchecked borders and the fact that many uh, of the illegal immigrants are coming to Florida um, without being tested and and, and without very robust processing, you know, mm-hmm. we've got to know who they are uh, mm-hmm. when they come in if, and why they're coming in and those kind of things. So I, I assume that's part of it. Um, and, and yeah, you're right, protecting our borders.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for reflecting on that. Uh, just uh, now I know that we're, the committee work is over. You're getting ready for the uh, legislative session coming up. I guess it's the second week of January. Uh, yes, are we ready? Are you happy about the, the preparation?
3: Well, yeah. I, You know, it's interesting. You know, from my bird's eye view on uh, serving as rules chair, uh, <coughs> you know, about half the bills that we anticipate being filed have been filed, but they all have to be filed by first week of session, so there's going to be a flurry of bills being filed. Um, I think we're going to have a light session insofar as legislation, because we have <clears throat> a lot of challenges with our budget. Uh-huh. We have to pass our uh, uh, maps for redistricting. And um, and then, of course, we'll be heading into the election season. So I, I, I don't know what will happen. And I noticed in Tallahassee, it used to be, uh, before COVID, there were people everywhere coming up to the Capitol during committee weeks. It was very light. I, I saw very few people in the halls. And I, I started to think to myself I wonder if that's going to be the future where people just
1: aren't coming up. Yeah, I hope um, everybody stays. I hope they stay yeah. engaged. Indeed. Before I let you go, though, this yep. just popped in my mind. Of course, right now the uh, uh, Garland Merrick Garland has decided to challenge the uh, redistricting in Texas. <laughs> I don't know where he comes off <laughs> thinking that's any of his business, but you know, uh, it seems like federal overreach to me. But any thoughts on that?
3: Well, it, you know, um, I can't speak for, uh, you know, the Texas process, but I will say that in Florida, uh, because of the, the challenges we had during the last redistricting cycle, uh, we have, uh, I believe, done a yeoman's job of following the, the, the law, following the Constitution, and coming up with a constitutionally sound uh, map so far. You know, there have been there are drafts out there. They were done by staff. Uh, using the computer models. And uh, so far, we've, notwithstanding the fact that, that the liberals are trying really hard to find wrong, things wrong with them, they really can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's probably really frustrating for them <laughs> that, that these maps are, <clears throat> are actually done right. I mean, they're going to file suit anyway. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't. As I look at them,
1: they're as tight as they can be. Well, uh, from your lips to God's ear, I just hope that Merrick yeah. Garland doesn't decide he wants to stick his nose in what's going on here in Florida. <laughs>
3: business. One would hope. Yeah,
1: yeah one that. would hope. Kathleen Pasqualino, again, our great uh, senator, state senator here in Florida. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you, and have a great
1: day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Morton. We're going to find out what's new with Boo, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Back to the Bob Harton Show, and now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, not only building a brand new performing arts center, 44,000 sweet in downtown uh, feet in downtown Naples, but also bringing you professional. New York-style theater at its very best. Tickets are on sale now. You can visit the website, org. Mm -hmm. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, how are you doing?
2: Well, I'm doing well, and, uh, you know, life is good, and when you get to the bottom part of the year, the fall part, the fall and the winter, all the big holidays fall so close to each other. Yep. I'm talking about Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Sure. And I'll tell you, Americans are spending money like, like it's going out of style on these holidays. It's kind of shocking how much everybody is spending, and... The price of everything is so is so escalated now. No, so it's high.
1: it's true. I mean, inflation is here. I mean, it's uh, really making an impact on prices. I notice it just going out to dinner on occasion. You see how things are jacked up an extra dollar yeah. or two. it's just amazing.
2: I know. Even the dollar store, and I love the dollar store. Uh, now they say it's not even going to be the dollar store anymore. It's going to be the buck fifty store. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a big increase What's that i know so uh, i know
2: listen i love the dollar store well i had to do a whole show on that on my experiences at the dollar store but what i wanted to let you know is that halloween has become such a massive holiday 65 percent of americans participate in uh, halloween wow and how much do you think they spent this year on candy costumes and decorations
1: Wow, 360 million people uh, wow, I you know I, I have no idea <laughs> what's the number?
2: <laughs> I, I mean we're talking candy right costumes and decorations. these have been a low ticket item. nonetheless, Americans spent ten billion dollars.
1: Holy moly that's it's a, a lot, lot of tamales. Candy. that's a well and that's kind of amazing too because uh, you know you'd think it's not the most practical holiday in the world. You know, I, I dressed up myself as a talk show host. <laughs> <laughs> well there you go. Didn't surprise anybody.
2: <laughs> no. Did um, you now
1: did you get a costume?
2: No, actually it's my least favorite yeah. holiday. I, I've never been crazy about Halloween. I don't know what it is. I you know, I love costumes. I like, you know, dressing up and acting silly. Um but there's something about—I don't know—it just never clicked
1: with me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. Although for some reason, although my my parents told me that uh, when I was a kid, like four years old or three years old, I got a devil's outfit. They dressed me in a devil's outfit, and after Halloween, I refused to take it off and I went to bed. <laughs> it's the mind of there a little kid. <laughs> yeah. So, th- how many billions? Three billion dollars? Ten. $10 billion we spent. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, on
2: Halloween. We're going to see. Now, that's far more than Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, um, you've got the turkey, which yep. is a big ticket item. But Americans spent this year $927 million on turkeys. We ate 46 million turkeys.
1: Wow. Wow. No reprieve. It's a lot of turkeys. Yeah, no reprieve for those turkeys. They're gone. <laughs> they're, they're no, did gi- you know
2: that the average? This is surprising. The average American eats fifteen pounds of turkey a year.
1: That's a lot of L-tryptophan. A lot of,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> a lot of naps after that. I'll tell you what. A
2: lot of napping thanks to the turkeys. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's, I had no idea that we eat that much turkey. And 80 per, eighty-eight, all right, sixty-five percent of Americans take partake in a Halloween. Eighty-eight percent Amer- of Americans eat, eat turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah.
1: So, any Prince, any statistics that you gathered about uh, pumpkin pie or pecan pie or any anything like that?
2: Nope, no. I focused on the turkeys.
1: Ah, okay. Next time
2: I'll get under the dessert. Now, now we're going to move on to Christmas. And that's the big one, because you've got gifts, which can be very expensive. You've got decorations, which are no longer a bargain. And then you uh, factor in a lot of travel, because Americans travel more for Christmas than they do Thanksgiving. So Americans this year are going to spend a whopping $859 billion.
1: Get out of here. You're kidding. That yeah. is, that is all, how much is that per uh, for a family? I would, that's a lot of money, quite frankly. That's a just, well, money. we
2: give a thousand bucks per person of gifts, a thousand dollars, the average. Hmm. You spend a thousand dollars per person on gifts alone.
1: Well, just remember your cousin, Bob.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You'd like to be on everybody's wish list?
1: Yeah, no, that's pretty generous. That's uh, very generous on your part. So, I,
2: well, you know, I God bless America, you know, in the spirit of entrepreneurship and working and, and uh, wanting the best for yourself and your family. I mean, it's that's what's great about America is that we have the ability to do that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. That's just a lot of money. I wonder how these patterns are going to change. And I know they've been in place for a long time, but with inflation and everything that's going on, and how about the supply chain? Are people able to get what they want? You know, disappoint a young uh, grandchild for because the stuff just isn't available that they want. I There's a lot of issues right now going on.
2: Oh, I think so. And I, I from the little that I have been able to witness or what I've been able to purchase looking for, um, I'm surprised at how much stuff. Like I went into Bed, Bath & Beyond last week, mm-hmm. and I was surprised where there are certain areas where you would never see the shelves empty, and they are. Wow. And it's all supply to Oh yeah, I think there's a lot of of that. Even in grocery stores, certain things they just can't get. Um, I is it going? They say it's going to get better. Is this? Do you think this is all union related?
1: Well, I, I think some of it is. Uh, for example, the uh, uh, dock workers—that's the wrong word—steam mm-hmm. steam fitters, wh- whatever they are. Uh, they uh, they they uh, will not allow the most modern equipment for unloading these. Uh, Cargoes, unloading oh, the cargo off of the ships, so the consequences process is slowed down dramatically. But even if you get the stuff off the ships, then you got to get it on the trucks, and there's a shortage of trucks of uh, truckers that are uh, uh, to drive these trucks. So uh, a lot of it is, you know, when when the president decides he wants only union workers, and they start putting the stuff in place, that's gonna that's gonna gum up the works with regard to the economy for even for truck drivers. So i have my concerns about how this whole thing is being handled. How about you
2: yes oh yeah i do and uh and how long it's going to take to unravel it
1: yeah, a long time unfortunately uh but uh I don't know I think the consequence of this though is and I've heard on good good uh information that. Uh, there's now younger people starting to get into the workforce when i was uh, just uh, back in the 80s and 90s interviewing people to uh, for opening jobs for it, it, when i'd ask them had they done any work during uh, their youth they most people did not they uh, hadn't worked i worked since i was 8 years old doing different types of jobs delivering newspapers and cutting lawns and so forth but now, apparently, it's coming back into vogue. More people are not going to college. More young people are starting to look for jobs earlier. They're starting to work earlier, and uh, there are even uh, more young people getting into truck driving.
2: I think that's terrific.
1: I do too. I think it's great. Uh, why? So go- then,
2: how do you how do you feed that into the work shortage? Apparently there are young people coming in but not
1: enough. That's right uh, so there's you know there's there's some young people that are having some opportunity' they're, you know they're getting a kick start on their on their uh, professional lives uh, but it's not enough to fill the void right now. some people you know there's millions less people working right now. some people just dropped out of the workforce. Vaccine mandates, all this stuff not, not no not for me, I'm not doing it <laughs> And they said, you know what I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Uh, we, we can't afford that right now. It's hurting our economy.
2: Oh, I believe. Do you know that there even there is a massive shortage of people that want to be Santa Clauses?
1: I can believe it. <laughs> I can not believe yeah. it. Boo, you know, I never know what we're going to talk about, but it's always fun and always informative. I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: My advice to you, Bob, is spend, spend.
1: Spend. All right, and hey, and don't forget your cousin Bob when it comes to Christmas. <laughs> thank <laughs> the you, Boo. top of my list. All right, thank you, Boo. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to visit with Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, Classical Academies and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through twelfth grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich
0: Bob Harton show, and now here's your host, Bob
1: Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harton, the author of Greetings from Paradise. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah,
4: we to introduced a size, scope and sphere of influence of government, and it's, a, it's, a, it's not a well-trodden path.
1: Yeah, it's an uphill battle for sure. <laughs> so, Seton, you wrote a great piece. It's on the World Trade Organization. Kind of some surprising conclusions and information there. The WTO, or the World Trade Organization, needs to modernize on the right things and reject the wrong things. Maybe you can tell us about it.
4: Yeah, you know, I'm about as anti-globalist and have been, my whole life is anybody you're going to meet. Yeah. Uh, the United Nations is a joke. Uh, as we saw during the pandemic, the World Health Organization, which is a subsidiary of the United Nations, is a joke. Um, the, the United Nations it existed to stop the Soviet Union from invading Europe. Well, the Soviet Union went away in 1989 and the, the uh, NATO, North Atlantic Trade Organization, should have gone five seconds after that. Right. Just, you know, what the hell are we still doing with this thing? <laughs> yeah. However, however, yeah. the uh, World Trade Organization, I know it's a global entity, so it's going to be bestridden with all the problems of any global entity. But you know, as much as I'd like to produce as much as possible here, we are going to do international trade, and there has to be some sort of arbiter to do that. And the the thing was set up long long before China started the global process of subsidizing the crap out of domestic uh, products, yeah, and then exporting those subsidies in the global marketplace. And the World Trade Organization hasn't adjusted. Um, there should be major hearings all the time at the World Trade Organization into uh, subsidies into products. Of the three bad things that happen to free trade, tariffs, uh, import limits, and subsidies, subsidies are far and away the most damaging to to commerce and the global trade hi- hierarchy because they're hidden yeah. i mean you know we we know what the t- well not just because they're hidden but for one thing they're hidden we know what the tariff is on something when we export it to a country we know what the limits are on mm-hmm. what they in place. we don't know coming out all we know is gee that product's a lot way cheaper than we can make it and the reason it's way cheaper than we can make it is because they're subsidizing it mm. well the the This is what the World Trade Organization should be fixating on. Yes, they still can do tariff uh, dispute resolution. Yes, they can do trade import uh, limit resolutions. But the key component of World Trade Organization's focus should be, you know, concentrating on what are the subsidies that are going into products, because that's really disrupting the global order and turning a lot of people who would be for trade against it almost in completely because no one's really addressing the, you know, the, the, the subsidies uh, uh, problem in a meaningful way. Yeah, that's, so, that's uh, uh, go
1: ahead. No, I was just going to say that's such an interesting point because it seems to me you're making the case for the World Trade Organization making all this information transparent so consumers and nation states themselves could make decisions about uh, how they want to proceed.
4: Right, and of course, th- th- that's a double. You know, that's that would be two linchpins falling in a row. You, the, the 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 problem is these governments don't disclose what their subsidies are. It's a mm-hmm. very well kept secret um, of all these subsidies they're pumping into their products, and it's not even a matter. You know, it it, it, it would be nice to have them uh, presented to the World Trade Organization. Because, of course, once it became transparent. Everybody would, co- would collectively say, "Hey, stop doing that," and then they would go away. Mm-hmm. Um, because no one, you know everyone if you, it's very hard to fight a trade. You know, remember they said Trump started a trade war with China? Yeah. No, he didn't. yeah. China started one with us, right five decades ago, and he just was the first president to shoot back. And that's one of the things he talks about. what he talking about, it's these subsidies. China subsidizes. You know, and everybody does it in everything. And I think I, I, I what little history I, I've done a little bit of history research on trade. It was China that really brought to the world market the idea of hey, let's subsidize our product products to to undercut everybody else in the global market. And, and
1: by the way, we're not immune from this. I mean, the United States subsidizes a lot of products itself.
4: Well, again, it becomes an, it becomes it becomes a, a regulatory and, and subsidy arms race right you know you can't you know yes we have a farm bill but it's completely insignificant to what for example brazil subsidizes again we don't know for sure somewhere between two and a half and four billion dollars a year just their sugar wow and then surprise out of over 100 countries brazil controls half the global sugar market because they're mass subsidizing their sugar so they can charge much less on the marketplace, undercutting our growers and everyone else's.
1: See that? Now, t- it it sounds know, like a static, static uh, fact, but the fact of the matter is, it tends to drive other countries out of the business, and the and right. so then they become and, dependent and, on, on the product.
4: And, and and then we and we just had the supply chain shortage yeah. to remind us of how little we make here anymore. Right. And again, I, I would argue before you worry about whether or not your television gets here. For china i'd like to eat and if we're going to undercut our farmers and our ranchers with subsidized foreign food and then we have a supply chain crisis well if you can't get your tv for christmas that's one thing but if you can't get three squares a day that's a bigger problem
1: yeah no question so uh,
4: i think we should start if we're gonna we should address these subsidies and we should start with the food items and then build that you know come up with a list of Priority, you know, prioritize uh, commodities, and I would start with food. I yeah. don't know about anyone else. I would start with food.
1: Well, you know what? You make such an important point here. I'm going to encourage our listeners to read your column. Uh, the WTO needs to modernize on the right things and reject the wrong things. You can find it on lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also follow Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I always appreciate your most well-informed commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: I appreciate it, sir. Thank you. My
1: pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She is the author of Greetings from Paradise. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Come back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. One of their uh, programs is creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. She's not only my wonderful wife, she's also the author of a very popular newsletter. It's called Greetings from Paradise. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning on this
5: beautiful day in paradise.
1: It's another great day in paradise. By the way, uh, I I proudly serve on the board of the Foundation for Government Accountability. We had a chance to visit with Taryn Bragdon, the CEO, yesterday for a little while. I was so impressed with the programs that he was spelling out, that uh, looking forward to support uh, the types of ideas that we like. In government.
5: Need to drain the swamp first.
1: Drain the swamp. Absolutely true. And
5: and by the way, um we met him at at Sea to Table and yeah. what a pleasant experience that was. You know, you go to these other stores or at Waterside and all all are great venues and whatever they're playing um secular christmas music which is fine but seat to table they yeah, play christmas it out. Yeah, christmas carols yeah, go
1: come all ye faithful it, it <laughs> was you know
5: what it was so great and in that place i never get tired of going to it because it's just a happy happiest place in naples
1: i uh, know it all starts with the owner uh you know Alfie Oaks. Alfie Oaks just does a great job and i didn't even know until yesterday you told me there's two locations here in naples but uh, we, well, we i've
5: never i i've never been to the other one because it's in the East Naples. Yeah. So, um I'm I'm so thankful for this one and it's a it's a in season for us because it's you know you're on a Mockley Road where there's traffic yeah. stops but but it was it's it's always a
1: pleasure to go and there. And it's worth the effort for sure. So yesterday, you and I had the pleasure of walking uh, watching Tucker Carlson today, I guess it's called. Correct. And it uh, was so interesting with Roger Stone as a special guest. I must say, I was so impressed by that interview and by the content of the interview and by Roger Stone himself. What are your thoughts?
5: Well, uh, you know, I like I said off here, I've watched Roger Stone and heard Roger Stone a lot more often than you have. And, and you said you thought, I don't remember the word you used, to, to describe him before we saw the well, interview. let's just
1: say I've elevated my point of view. I have you seen the interview. It's <laughs> the
5: truth. So, uh, but but Tucker Carlson devoted two segments of this Tucker Carlson today to Roger Stone. I had no idea before last night that they were good friends. I had no idea, and that Tucker Carlson wrote the foreword to, to Roger Stone's book. One of
1: his books, right? And
5: yeah. you know, because we like we like Tucker Carlson so much. Yeah. Um, that gives Roger Stone even more. More um, weight in my eyes, but I'm. Oh my goodness, I I was sorry when it was over. Yeah, he, he was so good, so articulate, so knowledgeable about the about um, the election process, way back to Nixon, who who he worked for. Well, he actually the, started the, with
1: Goldwater, right. who, as, a, as a young man, uh, so interesting. Just a, you know he, what
5: you know what I loved loved hearing about it. Just to it just came to my mind. Um, he knew that he was. C- Going to be, be targeted. targeted and arrested, so because they gave themselves away, CNN and, and whatever, um, and so he got up in the middle of the night, showered, put on his Roger Stone is not guilty or didn't didn't nothing wrong T-shirt on, and just sat on the bed and waited for th- for the FBI to storm his house. And the way he described it was hysterical because he said he can't swim, he doesn't own a gun, and whatever. And they met; they had. 12, A
1: complete arsenal.
5: Yeah, and amphibious vehicles with frogmen out be, uh, behind his <laughs> yeah. house. It was so over the top.
1: And crazy. by the way, I I hate waste. He told he said in his interview that it cost the United States government one point one million dollars for that morning raid on his household. All they had to do is pick up the phone and say, "Hey, we've got some concerns. We'd like to come by and pick you up. Are you okay with that?" He said, "Yeah, let's drop by about six. <laughs> It could have been handled that easily, but and, no and,
5: and what's so interesting and they talked about it at length was how CNN knew in advance all yeah. of this was yeah. taking place. They had they had a tip and it was um, this Andrew Weissman who's who's eyeballed deep in all this uh, corruption to target Trump and whatever it's it's just it's it was so interesting to learn all of that.
1: yeah, so it's worth uh, just for our listeners' benefit. Uh, you can go to uh, to Fox. Just sign up for Fox Nation and uh, watch the interviews. Tucker Carlson's I, one interview is better than the next, in my opinion. He just does a great job, and it's great information for Patriots to understand what's going on.
5: By the way, to stream Fox Nation, if if you can't get it for free on Tucker it still might be available for free for ninety days. You can't do that. It's four four bucks a month, and they I think they give you a, a free trial, but. Oh my goodness, it's so worth, um, I mean, we've seen Ted Nugent, we've seen Roger Stone, we've seen all these great, great interviews. Um,
1: yeah, and by the way, no commercials, no and commercials. it's at your convenience, you, right. what you watch it when you want to, so it's uh, it's really well done.
5: Right, and, and by the way, I was so impressed, too, the way he described um, him becoming a Christian again, by yeah. going to, uh, not Billy Graham, because Billy Graham is no longer with us, um, but Franklin Graham's crusade, yeah, it was so good.
1: Yeah, well, and it, it a perfect time for him too because he was going through difficult times, and certainly needed that spiritual support. So, hey, Devin Nunes is leaving Congress. Kind of an interesting thing that's developed by right the now. end
5: of the year. By the end of the year, and he's going to be CEO of the Trumpster's new social media network, Truth. Yep, yeah. and uh, truth was it Truth? It's Truth Force or Truth, whatever. Um, but this thing is taken off like a rocket, yeah. And it's so exciting. They're going to be in cahoots with Rumble, who, uh, by the way, Dan Bongino has invested in. And if you haven't visited Rumble and you're you're um you're sick of YouTube and all this stuff that that they censor all the time, nonstop. Rumble is an excellent excellent alternative. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything. Um, I've been on it for a long time. Any video that I can't find on YouTube. It's on Rumble. On,
1: on Rumble. So, uh, believe this or not, of course, the SEC and the NASD are starting to look into. They're not making accusations into uh, Trump starting up this uh, this new social media company. What's it called? I think it's called Truth, but irrespective, uh, you know, again, weaponizing federal agencies to uh, hurt people like Trump. It's just incredible. I, you know, why why don't they just? <laughs> Take care of what their their own business and not worry about. This is just a startup.
5: Here's the here's the interesting thing between um, Devin Nunes, Trump, uh, Steve Bannon, uh, Raheem Kassam, Boris Epstein, all these great uh, patriots who are on on track to blow up all this nonsense that's going on in Washington. January DC. 6th, you
1: you're referring to?
5: Well, January sixth, but 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 everything. That that's been that the the deep state and the Democrats have been trying to put forward. I mean, Julie Kelly from American Greatness, she's got she's got video that's going to show that that Capitol Police beat this woman to death on January 6th. they They're trying to hide all this stuff, yeah. and and so so between all this stuff that's going on, Steve Bannon, uh, war room, pandemic, and the one thing that was so um, interesting on social media. I'm not on Twitter anymore because, of course, I've been banned t- twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but on on Telegram, uh, it showed that Devin Nunez put posted a bag of popcorn.
1: Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, so interesting. Well, yeah, he's. Uh, it's uh, going to be so interesting. By the way, I I heard a statistic that there are apparently forty thousand hours of recorded. Uh, That's from Julie
5: Kelly of American Greatness.
1: Forty thousand hours of uh, of. Uh, Video of uh, what happened on January the sixth. Forty thousand. Apparently, only forty minutes has been released up to this point. So uh, now Bannon asking for a complete uh, discovery on on all the information about January six has these uh, Democrats shaking in their boots. By
5: the way, um, getting back to Tucker Carlson for just a minute, um, you can if you're on Fox Nation and go to one of his specials is called Patriot Purge, and it devotes the entire, I think it's a three part series to yeah. the January six, and it is. And people are freaking out about it because it shows how how um, talk about weaponizing the Justice Department. These people were arrested that that weren't even there, yeah. And and by mistaken identity. Oh my goodness, they have just terrorized American citizens because they don't want the truth to get out That's about what went on on January sixth. So
1: true. Linda Harden, again, uh, Greetings from Paradise is what she writes. Uh, Well, not for much longer. Yeah, you can find them, though, on my website, bobharden.com. Just look for Greetings from Paradise. It's a pull-down tab at the uh, top of the site. Very entertaining and interesting information about what's happening here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, always appreciate your commentary here on our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow, as usual on Wednesdays, we're going to have Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute. will continue our conversation about anti-discriminatory legislation and our right to discriminate. We'll visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in Space Architecture and author of many, many books. He's got a new one coming out with Buzz Aldrin. Uh, he'll be on the show as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me a Bob, uh, an email at bobharden uh, at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.